Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. You doing good? All right, why don't you stand to your feet? Someone has my book. Albert, I need that book, by the way. Don't be stealing my book. <laughs> How many appreciate Albert? He really is. He really is a great guy. Um, man, I have uh, quite an expectation in my heart. I was actually going to start a new series in our church this week, and that series was going to be awesome. Uh, but I was in uh, Texas for two days, Thursday, Friday, and just felt like the Lord adjust me and change me and shift my message. And I love when He does that. Not really. No, I kind of do. And then even worse, the message that I wrote while I was in Texas, I literally left my book on the plane. And so I woke up this morning. I was like, where's my book? Looking around everywhere. Lucky I get up early. <laughs> wrote it again. And, uh, and the cool thing is, uh, that just makes you trust God more sometimes, doesn't it? I hope you don't just get cute sermons in this church, the world doesn't need another cute sermon. The, the world actually needs the touch of God and the touch of heaven. Do you believe that? If you're looking for cute sermons, this isn't the place to be. But if you're looking for freshness and life and power, I believe, I believe God over this place. And I believe God over every person watching that the life of heaven is going to touch you where you need it. How many know God knows to speak to you where you need it? The message could be on courage, but He's just comforting you. The message could be on all kinds of things, but He's dealing with you in the way that He needs to deal with you. And uh, so I'm just believing wherever God needs to speak to you, whether you're a man, woman, whether you're a business guy, whether you're single, dating, confused, married, doesn't matter where you are, God can speak to you. Amen. So come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man here, every woman within the sound of my voice, every child, every young person. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your life, let your love, let your wisdom, let your impartation fill them where they need it. Spirit of the living God, I am personally needful of you. I ask you clothe me in the armor of God. I ask you clothe your sons and daughters in the armor of God. I pray you fill them with the Holy Spirit. We can be filled with so many things, God, but it's your spirit that we need to be filled with. So I declare over them your purpose, your destiny, your plan for their lives. Lord, I pray their eyes would be open to it. Their ears would be open to it and their heart would respond in the name of Jesus that the blessing of heaven might come upon this generation and flow to other generations. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your love. I need your courage. Fill your son. Fill your daughter right now. Fill every person online right now with your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, come on, everyone said, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Grab your seat. 
John Castillo. How many appreciate Mr. John Castillo? Always looking sharp, always looking sharp. He's almost as good a photographer as I am. My wife will, will literally, if, I'm like, babe, I'll take a photo. She's like, but there's a four-year-old kid passing by. I might as well choose them over me. And uh, it's just the way it is. I don't know why I am not gifted in photography at all, or music, or administration. <laughs> Lots of other things. <laughs> the title of my talk today is A Revival of Courage. A Revival of Courage. I was uh, in Texas this week just for a quick, kind of quick stop. And, and it's an interesting kind of story. I got to hear a preacher preach that literally many years ago, uh, I got to kind of share this unique experience with him. He was a 10th and 11th grader at the time, and um, he was literally preaching. How many know if you're 11th grader and you're preaching Jesus, there's a special touch of God in your life? And I remember as a junior, it was this thing called scare mares around Halloween kind of weekend. And uh, they would have not this kind of Halloween-y house, but they'd have this death house. And they'd, they'd basically scare people. At the end of it, there was this room and it'd be Jesus on the cross. And then at the end, you'd walk into this tent and, and people would say, hey, did you have fun? Like, yeah, we had fun. And, and what was the theme of the house about? Like, well, it was death. And, um, and they were like, you're right. We're all gonna die one day. Then you basically tell them the story of how they need Jesus. It was pretty cool, actually. And I preached on that, and I did that for uh, three different years. And one of the times, I preached with this young, young, young preacher, and um, he was in 11th grade, I think, and I was so impressed by his authenticity. I was so impressed by his boldness. And he literally now leads four different companies, and he's kind of an uh, amazing figure, really, in Christianity but he said two words or three words that really kind of stayed with me from the conference and from the summer is that he said, America needs a revival of courage, a revival of courage. Sometimes when you think of faith, when you think of church, when you think of faith people, many times you don't think courage. You actually think niceness, you think songs, you think certain things but I would say to you today that perhaps you are new to the faith and new to following Jesus. And I just want to assure you today that one of the things that we need as people of God is courage. And perhaps that is new to you and you've never really seen Jesus like that. And I pray that you do. But I, I pray that many of you perhaps years ago were more courageous that you would begin to say, God, what has dampened my courage? What has caused me to shrink and, and to sit back and kind of to become complacent and cold and a little bit too comfortable? How many know that the church of the living God has always grown in an atmosphere of war? The church of the living God does not often do well in the time of comfortable and complacent, but actually, if you'll see a growing church, if you'll see a growing move of God, there will be some people there that have to step out in courage. Yeah. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 verse one, the Lord had said to Abram, go. Someone say, go. Go from your country, your people, your father's household and go to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Someone say, I want that. Yeah. 
I will bless those who bless you and ever curses you. I will curse. And all people, someone say all peoples. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went. Someone say, so Abram went. So Abram went and the Bible says he's 75 years old and he leaves everything he's ever known, leaves the comfortable, leaves. He's a very wealthy man. He is literally uh, considered to be almost as wealthy as kings. And God calls him not to leave all his money, but to take it with him and to go on this fairly inconvenient type of journey. I have discovered this, that faith hears, obedience acts, but in the journey of faith that there is an attribute that God actually wants to infuse into you and to me, and that is the attribute of courage. Listen to me again. Faith hears. Obedience actually goes, but the, the thing that God blesses you with on the journey of faith is that great attribute called courage. See, you might be a person who is fearful, but I wanna show you today, if you'll keep following Jesus, that the attribute He wants to infuse into you, yes, is love, yes, is self-control, yes, is kindness, yes, is many things, but I would say to you today that the attribute you must have too is courage. Yeah, good. I heard a cool story out of one of the guys in our church, and he told me this recently, he was wrestling fear, anxiousness, and all kinds of things. It just seemed to be how he grew up. And I was talking to him recently, and he told me, this year I, I jumped out of a plane, which obviously you wanna have a parachute. <laughs> um, but he was doing something particular to address this thing of fear and anxiousness, which had kind of become the normal of his soul. And then he'd signed up for actually a comedy class and then literally recently had to stand up in front of people and be a comedian in front of people, which how many you know, to stand up in front of people is one thing and give a talk, that's nice. But to, to do that in front of a New York crowd <laughs> who expects you to be funny, like if you don't, land a couple of jokes. How many know you're gonna get booed and hissed off the stage? And he is stepping into a world, why? Because he is confronting some things in his life that must be confronted. I heard Paul Lewis Cole say this weekend, he said, how do you beat fear? He said, start. How do you beat fear? Start. There must be movement about our lives. There must be a forward progression. How many know when God calls Abram, he, he tells his family, hey, we're going on a journey. We're going on a journey. They're like, where are we, where, where are we going? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? We're going somewhere, but we don't know where we're going. He said, God told me to go. He's like, where? Don't know. He said, leave. Abram is literally told to go and he doesn't know where he's going. How many of you would think, Abram, you're 75. You don't have a plan. This is nuts. How many know the planners, the financial planners in the room would go, you are the stupidest man of faith I have ever met in my life. But God made him our man of faith. 
He is literally Father Abraham. If you ever grew up in church and you would have sung the song as a little, a little child in kindergarten, Father Abraham, as many sons, as many sons as Father Abraham, I am one of them, so are you, so let's all praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg, nod your head, turn around, sit down. Eleanor Roosevelt acknowledged this, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I live through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing that you think you cannot do. The father of our faith left everything at the age of 75 and I believe it was faith that heard God's voice. It was obedience that began to make him step out. But the joy and the blessing that he got was actually courage. He was not a courageous man. And many times we think we have to be courageous to do courageous things. No, you actually feel fear. And it's okay to feel fear. It's many times been said simply, courage is simply fear that has said its prayers. It doesn't mean you don't have fear. No, you keep going in fear and you keep walking. How many parents have ever experienced some parental fear? Parental fear is real. Parental fear is often constant. You go to a nice place like yesterday. Hey, shout out to the Dream Team members that made our Harvest Festival happen yesterday. Lots of people from the community, lots of people from our church got to enjoy that. But what's interesting as a parent is I am sometimes looking around looking for weirdos. It's just a reality of life that you are protective and that's good. It's wise to be protective, but can actually be a overwhelming fear if you don't get it under control. You can become a helicopter parent and actually cripple your child instead of allowing them to flourish. I heard Jordan Peterson say this, don't, don't try and make your kids safe. He said, make them strong. Are you with me, Church of Lie? The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now there was a famine in the land. Now here's what's interesting. God leads him. He's already blessed. He leads him. He goes through Haran. Then there's a famine which if you're in agriculture and if you're in sheep and cattle and goats, how I many know that's bad? It's like God leading you into finance and then 2008 happens. And he is a blessed man, but how I many know he goes on this journey and then there's a famine, but that doesn't mean he hasn't heard God. It just means he has to change his plans. Sometimes, you know, you, you might have began giving before. And you're like, God, I, I began giving. And then six months later, I lost my job. That might just mean go look for another job. Go look for a different company. God has not abandoned you. He might be leading you somewhere else. Don't believe that God has abandoned you just because hard times came. Hard times came to Abram. Abraham is the father of our faith. And he, and he comes into a land and there's famine. 
You're like, God, how did you lead me to a place that's famine? He says, because I want you to continue to rely on me. And so he goes down to Egypt. Watch this now. He goes down and he's about to enter Egypt. And here's what he does. He said to his wife, Sarai, which is quite a compliment. You're going to see it. I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me. Have you ever said that before? (laughs) I think that's quite a compliment. Honey, uh, I'm going to take you to church, but I don't want you to dress up because they're going to kill me. I'm going to take you to the mall, my love, but I really want you to dress down. They're going to kill me. I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, which is just weird. So that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Here's what's interesting. He has stepped out in faith, but now he's cowering in fear. And I like this because it it, it reveals his humanity. It reveals that Abram was not a perfect man. He is stepping out in faith. He is following God, but he still has very natural desires to say, man, I might die because these people are psychopaths. And then he says, hey, tell them you're my sister. And he tells them you're my sister. And literally Pharaoh takes her into his house and is going to make her his wife. And then God sends diseases to to the house and all of a sudden Pharaoh realizes that there is something special about this woman and literally hands the wife back and says, sorry, didn't touch her, go about your way. Which says to me, God is merciful when you're fearful. And God is watching over Abram. He is literally protecting him. Yes, he is fearful, but hear, hear me now, fear always produces captivity. When he is fearful, he lies. And lies always produce bondage of the soul. Fear produces deception and deception produces captivity. But thank God, God is merciful and God is still for him. Can I get a good amen? God is still with him. Someone say, God's still with me. Come on, say it again. God is still with me. It's funny, one of the songs we sung today, it says, you can never let God down. And I lead no receive. And I said, that's not quite theologically correct, actually. It's a good song and I get it. Sentiment, actually, you can let God down. You don't need to grieve the Holy Spirit. You can disobey God. But how many know that God is merciful and God is still for you and His love will still chase you? But I have always found that a phone goes off in church. Anyone else want to call their mom? (laughs) Amen. Now Genesis 14 says this. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive. Now we fast forward two chapters and here's what happens. Abram and the Lot are so blessed that they literally are starting to fight among the land. They have multiplied The land is too small for them and so they separate. Lot actually goes over near Sodom, which ends up becoming a really bad decision for him. And he goes near Sodom and in the day, there is actually a war and kings literally capture Lot, Abram's nephew. And here's what's interesting. 
The Bible says this, that when Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. And I wanna give you this picture because many times what we view as men of faith, men of faith simply pray about it. And Abram doesn't just pray about it. He doesn't just say, Abram, he doesn't just say, Lot, you chose the bad land. I chose the good land. I'm blessed. I'm comfortable. I'm prosperous. You deal with your problems. No, this man is not just a priest. He's not just a man of faith. He's actually a warrior. He takes 318 men trained in his house, which means he is actually preparing for the trouble, preparing for the war. He is literally saying, I'm not just putting my head in the, in the, in the dirt and ignoring the reality of life. He says, no, I'm training men in my house because I am a man of faith, but I'm a man of wisdom and I'm a man of preparation. And I actually believe there's sometimes that actually I need to be a warrior so he sends 318 men trained in his house. I just think that's good. And I've often asked myself, what does it look like for men to be trained in this house? And I pray that I train men, literally I train men to flourish, train men to be equipped. How many know resilient women will train women to be resilient and strong? Let me say this, men, you want your woman strong. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, the Bible says, Psalm 128. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. It says, you shall eat the labor of your hands. You shall be happy, shall be well with you. And then it says this, and your wife shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Think about that. Your wife shall be flourishing. Men, want your wife to flourish. Don't control your woman. Flourish your woman. Pray for your woman. Love your woman. Kiss your woman, take her on dates, go on vacation. Anyway, that was free, that was, that was free, that was free. It's all free anyway, it's all free. <laughs> and after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision Genesis 15 verse one. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He has called him out of his own country. He has taken him to a different country. And now God speaks to him again. And what does he say to him again? After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. What are the words? Do not be afraid. He's like, Lord, I'm not afraid. Uh, I just took out some dudes I got 318 soldiers and we went on mission and we brought back Lot, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm a warrior. But he says to him, do not be afraid. I wonder to myself whether God is saying to the church today, be safe. Or I wonder to myself, is he saying, do not be afraid. See, the echo of the world is often counterfeit to God. The echo of the world is, be safe. But the echo of God is do not be afraid. It is different. It's a different spirit. It doesn't mean don't be wise, but how many know that there's a different spirit on that? He is literally on a journey. And I wanna say to you today, it is vital 
that Christians actually realize that one of the things we must become is courageous. One of the things that God, whenever God takes a man, in, in the whole entire Old Testament, God takes people and the primary first message to people is don't be afraid. Which means this, the normal is fear. The normal is anxiousness. The normal is depression. That's the normal human condition outside of God. Fear is the normal condition. When Adam sinned, what did they do? The first thing they did was hide. So hiding from God will always produce captivity, but God shows up in His mercy and His grace and He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're gonna ask a girl out, men? Don't be afraid. Don't wait till you've had six drinks. No, that's fake courage. Real courage is doing it when you haven't had a drink. Where am I? He says, do not be afraid. He says, I am your shield, your very great reward. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And here's the verse that speaks to us all. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. That is the gospel. He believed and counted him righteous. There is really no evidence before that Abram is this man seeking God by himself. There's no evidence that he came to Jesus because he was having a hard time. There is no evidence that he is even a praying man. God literally just chose him. God literally in his sovereignty just said, listen, I am choosing you. And you know today, sometimes whether you like it or whether you don't, you're like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna follow Jesus. And God's like, oh yeah. You know, there was a man in the 17th century and he wrote a book trying to refute Christianity and in the process of writing the book, he found Jesus on chapter four and then he ended up turning around the book and, and, and proclaiming Jesus as the risen Savior. There was a man in the 18th century that tried to do the same thing. He wrote a book trying to disprove Jesus. Halfway through writing the book, he found Jesus and then had to change the title of his book to a new book. There's a man in the 19th century that tried to actually write a book to disprove God and disprove Jesus. Halfway through writing the book, actually found Jesus and began to change the title of the book. <laughs> so if you have not found Jesus yet and you don't believe in Jesus, start writing a book to disprove Jesus and God will show up to your life. <laughs> Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he says, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. And early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Early the next morning. He starts out on a journey. He is not a man of courage. By the time God is almost done with him, he is a man of courage. And it is a little bit of a confusing text because you're like, okay, God, I thought you said don't murder. And so I would say to everyone here, if you ever feel like God has spoken to you that, no. 
There was one time in the history of mankind that he said to do that and really what he was betraying was one day I will take my own son to a hill called Golgotha and when though you got to spare your son, I don't spare my son so you could actually know and find Jesus. Are you with me? The father of our faith walked in obedience to God and he found courage along the journey. The father of our faith walked in obedience to God. He heard God's voice and he found courage along the journey. I was thinking about Jesus in John chapter five. You know, sometimes you get astounded sometimes how many times that Jesus was getting opposed. I was reading through the gospel of John one time and, and I was just kind of reading through it and, and, and you know, I grew up in church and I grew up in kids' church. And so I know the stories and, and, and you hear the scriptures and, and the quotes and like, Jesus, you know, come unto me, all you who labor, heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble and hard and you'll find rest for your souls. It's like that beautiful quote, and like, oh, that's so nice and, and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus is going to forgive you and Jesus is going to give you mercy. And, and, and just, you sometimes get this soft view of Jesus. Like if I just am like Jesus, I'll just be so loving and so merciful and no one will ever say anything bad to me. And then you see John chapter five and they're trying to kill him. And then John chapter six, and a bunch of people leave him because they're confused. And then John seven, they're trying to throw rocks at him. And John eight, they're trying to throw rocks at him again because he claimed to be the great I am. And John nine, they're still looking for him to throw the same rocks at him. And then John 10, they're, they're kind of mad at him. And then John 11, he raises Lazarus from the dead. And now they're really mad at him and they're gonna kill Jesus and Lazarus. You know you hate the good when you went to a funeral and the guy came back and like, let's kill him again. How was the funeral? It was great. This guy came back from the dead, but we killed him. Don't worry. We said he needs to be dead. And then in John 19, he literally is arrested and he is killed. And then his disciples are lacking courage until Acts chapter one, and then the power of God comes upon them and then they are turned into another man, Peter, the one who denies Jesus three times. He has this story really of cowardice and then God makes him on the journey courageous. In Acts chapter two and three, he preaches. He, he is literally the first to declare that Jesus is risen from the dead and 3,000 people get saved. You're like, woo! But then in Acts 4, they literally go to the temple. They pray for a man. That man gets healed. And then in Acts 4, in Acts, Acts chapter 4, he is literally thrown into prison. You're like, oh, how is this serving Jesus? This is fun. And the authorities of, this, of the day say, never say his name again. Never say his name again. Never say Jesus again was their message. And Peter says, should we obey you or God? And then watch this now, watch what the church prays in Acts chapter four. In Acts chapter four, I thought I had a scripture here. Yeah, here it is. Acts chapter four, listen to how the church prays. Now, Lord, consider their threats. He's gonna, they want to throw them in prison or kill them. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants 
to speak your word with great boldness. Do you know if the message of that church had been perhaps the message of many churches of this day, which was just simply stay safe, you and I would not know Jesus. And I just wanna affirm to you again this simple thought that if Abraham, the father of our faith, was courageous and that Jesus Christ was courageous and that the early church was courageous, then maybe one of the things that we are missing in our time is courage. And I don't mean obnoxiousness and I don't mean just controversial for controversy's sake. I actually mean courage, real conviction. Real conviction. I was talking with some men yesterday and they had served in the United States military. They had been firemen. And then recently they actually were trying to get involved around politics. And, and it was because of their faith that they felt like they were serving because of conviction. And they felt like they had to speak up for families and, and righteousness and courage. And, and I literally go, that is actually a great picture of a Christian. Was a Marine, would go into buildings to fight fires and then would go into the shark infested waters of politics. Why? Because they just felt they were convicted in their own heart that they had to. And then I was talking to someone else yesterday and she told me that this person has a history of alcohol and so AA was very important to them and been in AA a long time, but now many churches are no longer opening their doors to these AA meetings because they're just trying to be safe. What a tragedy. We're trying to be so safe. But I had to remind our church of the last year when people are coming back and people are nervous, I had to remind our church that our greatest, our greatest desire isn't the safety of people because the greatest message of Christ is an eternal safety, not just a physical safety. I had to remind our church, because it was bothering me, that our greatest message is not physical safety. Though I believe for you to be strong and healthy and flourishing and live a long life, that's the promise of God for us. You know that, right? The promise of God is literally you to live a long life and be healthy and strong. But the message of Christ is an eternal message. And if the church had been safe in the book of Acts, they wouldn't have done anything. And now we have people all across our services in all kinds of different nations and representative of all kinds of different nations. And it is a melting spot and it is a beautiful thing to watch. But the message of Jesus is an eternal message. And the church grows when they are courageous. When they're loving, absolutely. When they're wise, absolutely. When they got tact like Daniel, absolutely. But when they're courageous. And I have constantly found this wrestle in my own soul that many times the way forward is simply feeling fear and going, oh God, is that where you're asking me to go?
Pastor Steve told the story of the first Believe and Build. He tells the story and him and his wife came up with the number and they were going to give the number. He's like, I'm nervous. And, and I remember as the leader of it, I prayed for 30 days, God, do we do it? And at the end of 30 days, I realized that the only reason I didn't want to do it was because I was afraid. So I realized the reason I had to do it was because I was afraid. And so I preached the first sermons feeling fear, feeling like, but you wouldn't be sitting in this building today if nine years ago a bunch of people didn't start praying saying, God, where can you stretch me? Where do you want me to go? And I'll, I'll, I'll share this. My, my wife and I prayed our very first Believe and Build commitment eight years ago, however long it was ago, can't remember. I was like, we began to pray, God, what do you want us to give? And I was like, well, I think it was, I, was like, I think, I think we, we're gonna give 10 grand. And my wife was like, no, I think we're gonna give 15 grand. And I was like, I think you're wrong. couple a week or so later the Holy Spirit gave me a dream and in the dream I was sitting there and this this being came up to me literally tapped me on the shoulder and said she's right <laughs> like usual you know if in doubt man she's right and I say that to encourage you that fear is normal many times I felt fear so many times, like like ridiculous amount of times. And here's the thing, I often think if I'm not ever feeling fear, maybe I'm not doing something significant. I was with a Marine and I asked him, what's the core values of a Marine? He said, honor, commitment, and courage. Honor, commitment, courage. Maybe that's the core values of a Christian. Honor, commitment, courage, love. Come on all across this place, would you bow your head? Spirit of the living God, Spirit of might and power, Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Jesus, I just invite you in these moments. I can speak a message, but only you can bear the fruit. So I ask God over the hearts and minds of your people now that the work of God would literally take effect. I pray of your people right now that courage would start to infuse their soul as they make steps. Oh, Father, I ask you to move in this place. I ask you to move in this place. Jesus, all across this place, you know what you need to do. You know where you need to infuse people with strength. Infuse their minds with vision, infuse their minds with faith, infuse their minds with next steps, Father.
just filling my heart today that maybe you didn't realize you got cold, you got complacent, you got comfortable. And, and sometimes when you're there, it's comfortable, but normally it, get, it eventually gets boring. But God wants to call you into courage. God wants to call you into courage. So I'm gonna ask you all across this place, if you know that's you today, Many years ago, I remember telling God, wherever, whenever, whoever. And I just think that's an important moment in a church and in the heart of His sons where they just go, God, wherever you're going to place me, whatever you've called me to do, whoever you've called me to talk to and love on, just again, God, I just want to say, you are Lord. And I lay down my life again. And I, and I say no to my own agenda and I just say yes to yours. So all across this place, if you know that's you today, I want you to quickly stand to your feet. All across this place, I'm gonna make a bit of room at the altar and I just feel like there's some people who just need to say, God, whoever, whoever you've called me to talk to, wherever you've called me to go, whatever you've called me to do, I just say yes again. I need courage in my heart. So all across this place, come on, I'm gonna ask everyone to stand to their feet, but I'm gonna ask a lot of people to come forward and I don't know if there'll be room, but I'm just gonna say today should be a holy moment. Today should be a special moment where you just say, God, today I'm just surrendering. I need your courage. I need it, I need it. So all across this place, come on, you can, you can begin. The team's making room just to kind of back up some things, but I want you to come now. Don't wait, don't wait. As you come, actually courage begins to fill your soul. Courage begins to come. If you'll just come to the left and the right and just make room for people. Come on all across this place, whatever it looks like. Some of you are going through some difficult seasons in your life right now. And, and uh, it's a call for courage. It's a call for courage. It's a call for courage. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs to come. Draw every person who needs to come. Draw every person who needs to come. Those watching online right now, God, I pray for an infusion of courage right now in their soul. Come on, Church Alive. I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. You may never have lifted your hands before to God. You may never have, and I'm telling you right now, there's something that begins to happen in your soul that, that when you lift your hands to God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God, we're, we, we just... With these people today, as a church, we just say, wherever, whenever, whoever, God, I lay down my life again. I, I pray your people would just lay down their life again and say, God, wherever you've called me to go, whatever you've called me to do, I just say, Jesus, be Lord. Let me be a man of courage like Abraham, God. Let me be a man of courage like Stephen, God. Let me be a man of courage, a woman of courage, God, like, like Peter, Father. Oh God, move in this place, I pray. Break open hearts in this place. Fill, fill now with a spirit of courage. Fill now with a spirit of courage. Fill now with a spirit of courage.
Thank you, Lord. Just worship in your own way for a moment. Just worship in your own way. There's a couple more. You just need to move out of your seat. Move out of your seat and just come to the back, but it's fine. There's a couple of people who just need to come. Don't allow fear to stop you. Don't allow fear to stop you. Come on, he has no rival. Let's worship him. Father, I pray right now for every man, every woman, especially down this front right now. I pray for a whole church, God. I pray for a spirit of faith. And I declare over this house a spirit of courage. I, I declare over every man, every woman, a spirit of courage. In a time where people love talking about fear, safety, I pray for not a foolish church. But I pray for a courageous, love-filled, wisdom-filled church. God, there would be courage in men. There would be courage in families. There would be courage. I ask you, God, to move across this church in a special way. Move across this church in a special way. 
Let me have you just attention just for a moment longer. You know, when the King James Version of the Bible was translated into English, they didn't reward the man. They killed the man. A, a mentor of mine was just with a couple from Afghanistan. They were a missionary in Afghanistan for 20 years. They had to leave because of what just happened. And the country is decimated. But do you know they were actually looking forward to going back? They said, are you kidding? You're going back? He said, yeah, we've laid our lives down. And we're literally going back into Afghanistan. They said, you know, they can take our lives when they want to. But the truth is, they were just so surrendered to Jesus. And I'm not saying be crazy. I'm really not. But I am saying that we have to recognize the faith that has been passed down to us. That it was born from Abraham in courage. Jesus modeled courage. The early church modeled courage. And if Christians are so fearful, we are reflecting not a lion, which is Jesus, but we are reflecting a lamb nature, which God actually calls us out of a lamb nature into a lion nature. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. What does God say to every person when He shows up to them? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What has God called you to do? Do not be afraid. You know, there's a lot of people who, who literally will attend church, but they won't even walk into a room that they're uncomfortable with people. The best thing for you is to get around other people so that you can grow. Men, hear me now. The best thing you can do is walk into a room where you don't know a bunch of people. You're like, I don't like it. That's fear. Pull it down, recognize it, and walk into a room and do it afraid. Our trans, like there's no, there's no place like our transform groups for life change. There is no place for, I, I don't like meeting people. Are you a Christian? You're like, yes, Jesus commands you to love them. I don't like loving people. He commands you to love them. I hate people. He commands you to love them. People hurt me before. He commands you to love them. People have let me down before. Forgive them. Love them. Come on, can we give Jesus a shout? Come on, let's give him a real shout. Come on, put your hand on your heart for a moment. Put your hand on your heart. Maybe there's some people here today and you've yet to say yes to the one who's already said yes to you. You might be down the front. You might be in, in the seats right now. Say this simple prayer. Say, King Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn to you today. Help me know you in truth. In your powerful name. Have you said that prayer today? If you said that prayer, make sure. Make sure you stop at the next steps. Grab a book called Following Jesus. God bless you. We love you. We do have another service. We do need a transition. We love you. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing Sunday.